Happy Aloha Friday, everyone, and welcome back to the CO2 Rundown. I'm your host, Chad Owens. Bravo. Made it through another week, and man, congratulations to this week's football fever winner. $500 cash. Richer, uh, super simple, guys. Next week, make sure you guys pick up your football fever ballots in the Honolulu Star Advertiser newspaper. Then mark down your picks. Turn it in by Wednesday at Select Long's Drugs. And I want to take this time to also thank our sponsors for Football Fever, Hawaiian Telecom, Mercedes-Benz of Honolulu, and Long's Drugs. Guys, like we always do, let's dive on in to the CO2 Rundown. It is Aloha Friday, and man, I'm excited for today's segment because I got a, I had a, an opportunity to uh, catch up with a really good friend of mine. We got a special guest joining us uh, today. I'm gonna intro him later, but right now, hey, Aloha Friday. Who doesn't want good news on Aloha Fridays? And you know, today we're expected to hear from Governor Ige uh, on. Loosening these restrictions. Top, top one is, is the activities. UH football games. I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the UH football, particular UH sports uh, the fans. We got to get in there. And we do. At least the family members. We have to get in there to support. Um, and we should hear some, something about that today. But I had a chance to speak to a, a mom. Uh, about the high school uh, kids, the high school games, high school fans. If the University of Hawaii is going to allow fans, at least family members, with, with uh, certain protocols and things that they have to abide by, that should directly be copied and pasted uh, at the same time to the high school level. In my opinion, that's, that's, that's what would be fair. And that's all everyone is asking for. It's just some fairness in, in, when it comes to this stuff. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about this. And you know what? It's time. It's time. Dave Ridden actually has uh, an article in today's Honolulu Star Advertiser talking specifically about this topic. And, uh, hey, fingers crossed that we get the good news today. Hawaii, University of Hawaii Rainbow Warrior football team may have landed uh, a top linebacker uh, in recruiting. Who has Hawaii ties? You know, Noah Kemma um, spent time here uh, with grandparents in the summers, uh, attending programs, uh, but has attended high school, right, in the mainland. Uh, his father is, is, is in the coaching game and has, you know, in that life, you know, there's different opportunities that come in different places, so you got to go and... You know, almost like a military type, type deal there uh, where you're constantly moving. But I spoke to one of the UH recruiters, and that's what they're doing this past week during the bye week. They're heavy in recruiting. They're leveraging that, that win against Fresno State. Hey, we defeated a ranked opponent, 18th ranked opponent with no fans in the stands. That says something about a program. That says something about their, their heart and their drive and their, their uh, determination to want to be great. And so I know that they're leveraging that, uh, you know, recruiting here locally uh, in the mainland. And man, 
to, to, to bring back one of our own will be huge. And I know that that has to be a point of sort of focus for University of Hawaii Rainbow Warrior football team is, hey, keeping the local boys here, right? Because that's where you're going to get even more of the support. And yeah, I mean, we're going to recruit the best, try to get the best of the best from everywhere. But I know that home needs to be a focus. And so congratulations to the University of Hawaii for getting a commitment uh, by Noah Kemma. And if you do end up coming here, brother, hey, welcome back to the islands and good luck. Man, and after suffering its first loss in Hawaii since 2016, the St. Louis Crusader football team, according to Paul Honda, is hungry. More hungry than ever. And as, as they should be. I mean, that's what, that's what adversity does for you. It, it, it fuels you. It allows you to, to go back and to evolve. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think St. Louis, uh, that, that program, the coaches, players, I don't think anyone was ever, you know, getting comfortable and thinking we're just going to breeze on through this thing. But sometimes you, you just, you need that, you need that slap in the face. You need that punch back. You need to take that, that L Right, and that's that L is a, a learning. It's not a loss. It's a learning experience. We need that sometimes to evolve and to go back and to, to dig a little deeper, to scrape the tank a little bit more. And so, look out because I know the coaches over there, the players. Now, they feel as if they've got something to prove. Hey, Major League Baseball playoffs is in <laughs> full. Swing today. We got four games. Uh, two in the ALDS. The Rays are taking on the Red Sox. The Astros are taking on the White Sox. And in the NLDS, Giants versus Dodgers. Let's go. Brewers versus Braves. Um, all you baseball fans, I know you guys are tuning in. Uh, and like I said, playoff baseball is when I love to tune in. It's when just more exciting plays seem to happen, in my opinion. Uh, you know, walk off home runs, as we noticed the other day. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting stuff. You know, Major League Baseball has become more of a, uh, it used to be what, the, the pastime sport, the pastime game, but now it's, it's, a, it's entertainment, right? All sports are entertainment, and Major League Baseball, especially in the playoffs, are very entertaining. Okay, uh, now it's time to introduce uh, my very special guest, uh, longtime friend, you guys know this guy because he has been everywhere. He does so much for uh, the community, especially in the fitness realm. Egan Inouye. Uh Man, I had a chance to catch up with him, and boy, does he have a story. We were on a, a connection level when we were chatting that was so high, we could have just kept going for hours. Um, but hence, you know, we, we got the condensed version here on the show, but make sure you guys go watch all uh, the entire interview uh, on YouTube uh, after this. But look, Egan Inouye, brother, thank you so much for taking the time out of your extremely busy schedule to join us here on the CO2 Rundown. Check it out. What's up, guys? Your boy CO2 here is the CO2 Rundown. And I got a very special guest, Egan Inouye. We're over at Egan's Boot Camp. Catching up with, with the GOAT, man. This dude's got uh, world titles on world titles, three different sports. He's the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, Egan, 
Oh, so good to catch up with you, man. Thank you, Bro, look at how do you stay in such phenomenal shape, brother? Boot camp. Boot camp. <laughs> Coaching, training, yeah. foiling, yeah. all of the above. That's amazing. Um, something I found out. I, you know what? I may have. It may have came in. I may have okay seen something, but totally forgot about it. Bro. Well, first of all, congratulations. Last year, International Racquetball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Racquetball Hall of Fame, guys. I know we all know Egan, Egan's boot camp, MMA, all that stuff, but Racquetball Hall of Famer. 21 years old, world champ. How do you even get into racquetball? You know what, it's a funny story because uh, I got into it because of my mom. I was like 16 years old. I mean, you know this, right? If you're 16 years old and your mom challenges you in a sport and you lose, can't quit, right? <laughs> So I didn't quit and I had to beat my mom. Then she introduced me to some old guy with, you know, knee brace, elbow brace, can't barely run. Lose to him, can't quit now. And then it started, then I wanted to be the club champ, state champ, regional champ, and then just kept going. Just that competitive fire, that, yeah. that, that juice. So where did, where did that come from? That, 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 that want to like, nah, I'm not gonna take that L. I gotta come back and play you again yeah. until I win. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I think it's just like like hard head, right? You're just a little bit stubborn, a little bit, you know, wanting to be better, and then that's all it is. Yeah, you guys heard it. Look, <laughs> you got to be stubborn to be successful. <laughs> it, it equates to it. it, it it's that we're going to talk about it later. It's that relentlessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like I alluded to earlier, man, everyone knows you as an MMA fighter, yeah. jujitsu. Yeah. So when was it that you? started jiu-jitsu was it after racquetball was it during how did that transition come up so the way it transitioned well, i started jiu-jitsu at the kind of the ending part of my racquetball career why my brother started right so my brother did jiu-jitsu and he was like e, you gotta try it and then one day like at my mom's house we cleared all the cultures on the side uh -huh. and he goes well because before then i was like taekwondo i had my black belt karate I had my black belt i had wing chun i mean i had all these martial arts and my brother had nothing except three months of jiu-jitsu. So I was like, man, I'll knock you out before we can get to the ground. And he's like, you want to try? I'm like, I want to hit you, man. And then he goes, just try, just go. And then he submitted me, submitted me, submitted Like, I couldn't. And then I was trying to throw real punches, and it got worse. So wow. the more I tried to hit him hard, the worse I was getting taken down. And then he would submit me so fast that we had rug burns everywhere, right? And then I was like, frick, I got to do this. That stubbornness kicked in. Oh, yeah, yeah, again, right? And then... You know, then we were at a racquetball nationals. We got into a car accident. The guy came out of the car. He must have been like 300 pounds, like just crazy looking. Attacked us. And my brother goes, I got this. And I'm like, you got this? Look how big this guy is, right? And they get to the ground. My brother chokes him out, puts him to sleep. That's it. And I'm like, sign me Sold. up. Sold. Sign me up. <laughs> so after that, I, I decided, you know, I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then I started realizing, like, a lot of it came from Japan. And they went to, you know, Brazil. And then the Gracies made it real popular by bringing it to America, and then they had the UFCs and yep. all of that, right? Yep. And then so one day one of my friends was like, yeah, e, you should go to the World Championships in Brazil and win that. And I was like, and they said, no one from anywhere else except Brazilians win the World Championships, no matter what belt. So I was like, I Challenge accepted. I want to try that. <laughs> exactly. Challenge accepted. Right? Lover and hardhead guy, right? So, boom, I flew to Brazil, won the World Championships in the Blue Belt Division. Chicken skin, small kind, small kind. <laughs> The magazine article came out and um, it basically said I was lucky. So I said, all right, I'm going to go back the following year in the purple belt. And then this time, instead of just do my weight class, I went unlimited, which is the biggest guys, right? So my first round guy was, what was he, six foot eight, 290 pounds. 
That was that's who they gave me first round because they wanted me out right away. Well, well, let's just let's just pause for a second, right? Your brother en Ensign, uh, your brother Ensign, yeah, Ensign, yeah. right? He witnessed Ensign take on a three hundred pound guy, <laughs> so that that was the motivation he needed. Uh, six eight two ninety eight. I got this. Yep, 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 yep. And then won that, and that was it for my my jujitsu. And after that was fighting. It turned right into MMA by accident again, you know, because I never really wanted to fight. I, you know, jiu-jitsu is as close as fighting as I was going to get. Right, right. But MMA stuff, man, that's a whole other level, right? Yeah. And if you met my brother, you know he's completely different than I am, right? Anyway, he had a staph infection, and then I was there to corner him, and they were going to make him fight, and he was in the hospital. And he had, like, you know, big sores from, from staff. And the promoter goes, you know what? The only way we we'll let him out is if you fight. And I was like, oh, the fight's tomorrow. He goes, yeah, you make weight because my brother's bigger. So I was going to come in like 20 pounds lighter than my opponent. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And so I fought that fight. I won that fight. And then, you know, the money offers are coming in, coming in. And I said, okay, it's my job now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, so jujitsu happens, MMA. You have this, this big fighting career, right? Everyone in Hawaii knows Egan and Oi, the name is blown up. Yeah. The end of that. What, what was that like? I guess my question is, when was that? And then was there a time of like depression? Yeah. Man, I'm not, I'm not in that spotlight anymore. I, I'm not, I'm missing the lights of the big moments. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest and open and vulnerable <laughs> here. I, I dealt with that, yeah. you know? You, you do something for so long, yeah. it becomes a, a good addiction. It's yeah. like, man, I live for that yeah. big moment. I yeah. live for the crowd. Yeah. Live for that energy, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it's suddenly like gone, how did you handle that? And then what did you do to sort of like yeah. get over that? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> when I was fighting MMA, about when I was I think 38 years old, I was going through this this brutal divorce, fighting for child custody, and I had a hard time fighting. It was that's when I started getting injured. I, all the way until then, I was never getting injured. And then right when I started that divorce part, I, you know, my attorney's like, you cannot, you gotta stop fighting. But I'm like, how am I gonna make money? That's how I'm making my money now, right? And so I started getting injured and I started getting hurt. And so I retired and I quit for about five years. Divorce was over everything. And then I had this one young kid that just kept calling me out the whole time. And I thought, you know, he's been winning. He's 15 and 0. I'm, you know, 21 years old, I was 42. So I came back, made my comeback, got that, won that fight. And I thought, this is a great time to win, at, you know, to quit right when I'm on top. But you know, like you said, afterwards, you kind of like, you miss that feeling. But for me, like every fight, right before the fight, right before I get on, I'm sitting in the back and I'm going, I don't know why I do this. I'm never going to fight again. This sucks. This is the horrible, the most horrible feeling ever. And then I would fight. And then after that, I forget about that feeling. Then the next fight, it was the same thing. And it was the same thing over and over because like for me, I'm really not, not that fighter, right? And not too long ago, I started thinking about all of that because that transition you're talking about is a tough transition. And for me, it wasn't necessarily the the spotlight or that pressure I, I didn't know what it was it was like just having something to live for sort of like you, you it sort of it sort of became your identity it, you didn't let MMA like, identi like identify you but it became that thing that you were attached to I can yeah, feel that 100% yeah. it's a tough I mean it's tough right so I went and I started training all of all my guys and I had a whole group of guys that I was training but that still doesn't fill that gap for me. it wasn't like I was never the guy that wanted to be a spectator or 
a coach or I wanted to be the guy in the in the fire. That right? stubborn guy. Yeah, right. Stubborn. Even, even my brother fighting, I just it was just the hardest thing watching my brother fight and, and coaching him. It was just it was just not not a good thing, right? And I, I never really figured it out. And then we started, to, you know, doing like a boot camp thing. And my wife was like, "Hey, you know, let's try this." And I was like, "I don't want to do boot camp, man. It's like a like it's like." Not to be bad against, say anything bad against pro wrestling, but it's like a, a guy who fights real fights and then you go choreograph fights, you know? And it's like, I wasn't going to do that. And I was like, yeah. I'm not going to go be like Jane Fonda or, or, you know, one of those. I I can't do Taibo. I'm not going to do <laughs> any of that stuff, you know, turbo kickboxing. I uh, No, can't. But, you know, I tried it anyway and I did it. And, you know, it, it turned out really good and it kind of just shifted and, and that passion for, for the competition and all of that kind of switched to where the success that I got changing people's lives turned out to be now like my passion. That was fulfilling. That's my fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were, that, was, that was the fulfilling yeah. thing. Yep, yep, yep. And, and it I, just took know, a minute to, to turn on and to, to yeah. fill that, that missing yeah. cup. And you know, it's like, it's not really a job, you know? Like no. if your work is enjoyable, it's not even a job for me. See, this is like playing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean. When I think of Egan's boot camps, like this was how, how many years now? Long Egan? time, man. A Boy, while. Was, yeah. Yeah. We're in YPO for a while. Yeah. A Never while. You guys. Yeah, you're like the the original. Like you think of boot camp, you think of Egan's. Egan boot camps, right? You want to go do early morning boot camps? Yeah. Oh, it's Egan and Noise doing that, right? And and you carved that market out for yourself, and you've been doing it for years. And I guess you're known, but for those that don't know Egan. Let them know where they can see Egan's boot camp, how they can sign up, what they can do to get that. Yep. So we're right here at Punahou, right? You know, old Punahou Spa. That's where my parents used to train at a long wow. time ago. And then we got Kailua, and then we got Aia. So, you know, and the classes, a lot of people are, oh, it's Egan, man. It's going to be horrible training. But what I think people don't realize is, is I've gotten older. I'm like 56 now. I, I realize that training changes as you get older. You gotta change. It's like you cannot do the same thing. I can't try to PR every workout. I, I don't lift real heavy weights anymore. And you know, my workouts basically I got two ladies, my wife and, and our GM here. That's my training partners. And I do the same way with them. I'll just do more reps and I'll do it faster and I'll do it more perfect and, and that's how I get my training now. Okay, so man, you guys heard all of that. The journey, the process, Egan has been through it all. He's doing the most, he's living his best life, and he wants to help you live your best life. He's got this book that's out right now, Becoming Relentless. You gotta be relentless to achieve your goals, to achieve uh, your ultimate best self. Egan, um, tell everyone what this is about in, in like a couple sentences and where they can get it. Okay, so basically I, this book, I, I wrote this book because so many people go, you gotta write, you gotta write. All these stories that you tell me, you gotta write, you gotta put it in a book. So basically there's stories of me overcoming because a lot of people see all my world titles and I go, oh wow, lucky guy. Right? And they don't realize that I failed so many times. So I got all my little failures and at the end of it, I have like a little area where you can write notes. And so kind of like a study book is what it is. And, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to, to chase their dreams, go for it, especially the younger people. Like I feel like not enough people have enough dreams or they have their dreams and people shut them down because ah, you can't be a football player or you can't be the best racquetball player in the world but if you know what you really want and you're willing to to struggle then you can get whatever you want but you got to be relentless so that's it that's what that book's about so right now where can they get the book 
So you can get it at Barnes & Noble right in Honolulu. I mean, right in Alamoana Center. We got Barnes & Noble there. They got the books there. You got a, you got a website that they can get it from as well? I got a website. I got eatingaway.com. Or you can just look up Boot Camp, and then you can find me. I'm super easy to find. Perfect. Yeah. Well, look, I can't wait to tap into this. I'm gonna, I, I want to, you know, relentlessness, that's been part of my journey as well. But every everybody has their own relentlessness. Everyone has their stories, their things that they had to overcome that kept them going, their failures, yeah. right? Their learning experiences. So, uh, man, I can't wait to dive into this. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate your time. And one of these, one of these days, we're going to have to do some racquetball. And I got to come train with you, man. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Great catching up. Thanks. And that is it for today's show. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in on this Aloha Friday. I hope you guys go and enjoy the weekend. As I always encourage you guys to do, relax, reset, recover, and get yourself ready for another winning week. Come next week. I'll see you guys come Monday. Aloha.